1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. Glad to have everybody here this evening and uh, people joining us online. We're still in this series on faith and prayer. Amen. Amen. And uh, prayer matters. I don't know about you, but uh, there are times where I need some help. Amen. Amen. And I don't know about you, but if I'm going to take time to pray, I'd like to get some results. Amen. Amen. You know, that'd be like going, I've done this a hundred times, going on a diet, and don't, it doesn't do anything. Uh, so I can't use that illustration, but I'm talking about, let's say exercise. You want to see some results if you do something above and beyond. Amen. And I don't want to be myself. I don't want to be involved in idle activities. Uh, I'm not talking about going on vacation, resting. I mean, there are idle activities, I understand. But in other words, I don't want to go out of my way to do activities that are pointless and don't bring me anything back. Amen? So let's pick back up in Jeremiah 112. I'm going to review a little bit from last Wednesday evening because you need to see the truth of what Christians have done to themselves believing man Instead of believing God, you need to see the truth of what Christians have done to themselves, taking action on man's words instead of taking action on God's words. Jeremiah 1.12, Then the Lord said unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. I love it. I will hasten, say it out loud, The Lord, Lord will hasten Lord. to perform his word. And in the Amplified, it says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am actively, or I am watching over my word to fulfill it. Say it out loud. The Lord Lord is watching over his word to fulfill it. Now, I realize, I do. I think sometimes people think, you know, does he realize how this comes off? I get it. Because people think, well, we're fanatics. Well, I'm very fanatical about things in my life that I have discovered work. Do you understand? And so once once I find something that works, well then I, I I do I become fanatical on it because I'm into I'm into something that works. Do you understand? And so I didn't bring the reference, but in Hebrews, Jesus is called the high priest of our confession. And so he's listening. He's listening for something that he can say amen to. He's listening for something that he can agree with. He's listening for something that he can actively watch over. And it's not my idea, not my theory, not my opinion, not your theory, not your idea, not your opinion. It's the word of God that he's watching over. Now, that doesn't mean that we only rehearse the word. You know, we can't, we can't function like that. Uh, you're sitting around the dinner table and you're talking about the children's homework. Well, you just can't quote the, wo- the word to each other. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that. But I'm saying that when, when 
a challenge comes to your mind, when you're facing a financial hardship, when, you know, maybe you, you, you lose your job, uh, whatever it is, you have to decide what's going to come out of your mouth. And if it's fear, worry, anxiety, the high priest of our faith can't say amen to that. He's watching and he's listening for something that he can say amen to. And that's where the power is. And it's a discipline. It is. I realize that. Three scriptures I said last Wednesday everybody should memorize. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? 1 Samuel 15, 29. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. In Psalm 89, 34, I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. So God is utterly and completely not like people. You know, I, I'm, I'm so old school that my word is my bond. You know, we, we make our word good even if it hurts. Because a man is his word. A man is no better than his word. And, uh, but that's lost, that's gone from the culture. But you have to understand that when you approach Father God, his word is his bond. I mean, I just, uh, a few weeks ago, finished, you know, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, over and over and over and over and over. God went out of his way to show grace and mercy, went out of his way to help them for the sake of his servant David because of what he had promised David, because of what he had said to David. And then 100 years later, 150 years later, they don't deserve it. They deserve judgment, you know, but he's still honoring his word to David. I think that this is why a lot of times we wonder why it takes so long for things to play out. Well, God's still honoring his word to Abraham. God's still honoring his word to David. God's you, you cannot get, <laughs> you know, he's correcting me. There are occasions in the word of God where he specifically says, I said I would do this, but be it far from me. I love the language in the King James, but be it far from me because of their behavior. But that's, that's really man messing himself up. That's not God just deciding, well, you know, it's Wednesday, so, you know, uh, my word's no good today. Or my word's only good on leap years. Or my word's only good on February 29th, whenever that happens. No, he's not a man. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. And the reason so many prayers go unanswered is God's people don't have God's words, his word in them. And you have to understand my perspective because I, I think the preachers have done this because I don't know who decided it was cool, but a couple of decades back, somebody decided that, it, that you could grow a church faster if you didn't have Bible in the sermons. And so, and then Austin went to a, a full gospel, supposedly faith church pastors conference and, and they said in the conference, well, a half a verse will do. But even when you give people a half a verse, don't give them the reference because that sounds religious. Well, see, all of this goes hand in hand with 
a culture that has no critical thinking skills. So here at Faith Christian Center, scriptures will come to us and we might utter scriptures and not have the reference or we didn't bring the reference tonight and the Lord leads us down a certain path. But generally speaking at Faith Christian Center, when we give you the word, we give you the reference. Why? Because we want you to have critical thinking skills. We want you to check us out. We want you to, to see for yourselves if we know what we're talking about. Because at the end of the day, you better have critical thinking skills. And this is why our, our country's in the mess we're in right now, because the educational system has been designed now for a couple of decades at least to thwart the development of critical thinking skills. So God's people don't have God's word in them. John 15, 7, I'm giving you over and over and over, and there's a reason to them. There's a method to the madness. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. See, if you, have, if you just have enough word in you, you're going to get more prayer answered. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more word we have in us, <coughs> the more faith we're going to have in us. So all you need to do now is to act as though you know the word to be true just as you act on any other fact of life. And I gave you the illustration last Wednesday night that if, if you got called into the office tomorrow and your supervisor told you that management had decided to give you a job, you, you would be worthless, I mean give you a raise, a big fat raise, you'd be worthless the rest of the day because you'd be sitting at your desk or wherever you are and you'd be thinking about how you're going to spend that money. You, 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 you might not call, depending on your age bracket. You might text your wife or husband, you know, I got a raise. Uh, so you'd be thinking about that based on a, word, on a man's word. Well, why don't we do that based on God's word? With his stripes, I have been healed. Why don't we meditate on that? Why don't we think about that? Why don't we, why don't we let that be the communication to a husband or a wife? The word says, I'm healed, I'm healed. I loved it Monday night when Ken Hagen talked about how poor they were. And when his father decided to test this out in the area of finances, he had, he had tested it out at age 17, came up off a, a deathbed, literally. Mark 11, 22 and 23, 24. But the Lord chastised him about you're using your faith in one area but not another. And the same faith that will work in one area will work in the other. And he told those stories. I loved it because people see us today. You know, while he was telling those stories Monday night, I was thinking, you know, where we were when we started down this road. We, 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 we were only able to eat out with the kids maybe once, maybe twice a month. That's it. I mean, our, our, our great, big, huge vision of faith was to be able to eat out. People can't relate to it because, see, we've been working this so long that I mean, you know, when I sit here in my own church and hear a guest speaker talk about faith and believe God, I've worked this so long, I don't even have anything to believe God for. Amen. Somebody might say that, well, that's ridiculous. 
I mean, there are some things that maybe I, I wouldn't mind having, but it's nothing that like is a big deal to me. Uh, you know, it's not like important to me. Yeah. In those days, in those days, 1989, 1990, 1991, you know, we would pray over our food, eating out. Thank you, Father God. We serve the God who blesses our food and water. And, and, and we thank you, Father God, that we can eat where we want, when we want, and pay cash. I mean, that's where we were. You know, you probably heard one of my children tell the story about us eating out at, and they both wanted nachos. And I told them, you cannot both get a whole order of nachos because neither one of you can eat a whole order of nachos, so you're going to have to share. You know, uh, brother-sister stuff. Man, no way, we ain't sharing, you know. So, and I told them, I said, okay, but you better eat them all. So we got two orders of nachos. They didn't eat them all. And I said, well, then fine. I said, that's, that's going to be your breakfast. That's going to be your lunch. That's going to be <laughs> until they're all eaten up. And I think we got out about a half a day and Sue had mercy on them. <laughs> but that's where we were. Amen, that's, right. that's where we were. That's where we were. And Satan will come to you in a service like this and tell you that uh, what difference does it make if you learn how to pray? What difference does it make if you learn how to believe God? Because, you know, you're, you're so old, what difference will it make? Or, or, or you haven't taken action heretofore, so uh, it'll take too long. Satan's a liar, man. You can move quick. Amen. You can move quick. And, and I'll tell you one thing I know for sure. You can move faster being led by the Holy Spirit of God than you can move any other way. I know that for sure. Amen. I mean, just look what happened to our world when a man says, this is a novel virus. Uh, this is something the world has never seen before. So you need to hide in your home. You need to watch your business go under. Your children cannot be educated. You can't go to church. You can't even leave your house. I mean, and, and what have people done? They took man at his word. They took action on a man's words. They took man at his word. I had a man at my house today and he was telling me some way, I guess, at the church he attends, but he was telling me all about what's going on in Ethiopia. And I told him, I said, I said, this is just totally, absolutely criminal. I said, people have no understanding that the United States of America generates so much prosperity that a lot of that prosperity washes over to these other nations of the earth. And, and people have absolutely no idea what we have done. Because a lot of the world has slid back into abject poverty. It's unbelievable what has happened in, in the second world and in the third world. All because of man's words. You know, they sent us a video from a church in Mombasa. And, you know, the place is probably 15% full and uh, people wearing masks and, uh, you know, it's crazy because this is the United States of America. This is the greatest nation on the planet. And if, and if, and if, we, if we tell people, you need to lose your mind, everybody's going to die, live in fear, well, what do you think the rest of the world's going to do? They're going to take action. And that's what's happened. 
But in the world I live in, we went to see my, my daughter and my son-in-law and their family. Everybody's ignoring, you know, Dr. Doom there. I mean, in my world here, everybody's ignoring Dr. Doom. You know, we're not all dying. We're not, we're not like laying on the floor, you know, dying. We're not, uh, you know, we're not burying people every other day. You know, we had a guest here a few, a couple of nights here, you know, and he's, he wants to tell me, you know, all these people he knows this died. And I just took all of my willpower because I know the power of, of my words. I, I mean, it took all of my willpower to say, brother, you're next. To not say, brother, you're next. <laughs> to not say. See, I, even there, I wanted to say it. <laughs> See, don't people realize that they are the prophet over their own life. They're the prophet over their own finances. They're the prophet. How about your sons and your daughters? You want, you know, talk fear over your sons and your daughters? What's that about? But it, okay, so my point is, a lot of these people who took a man at his word and believed a man, they weren't just all sinners. Christians, and we've got pastors doing this. Last Wednesday, I read an article written by the Stanford epidemiologist, Professor John Ioannidis, on this virus. And he said the worldwide infection rate is less than 0.20%. Less than 0.2%. Common flu runs about 0.1%. So it is almost like a bad flu season. But if you do all the overcounting, and if you get everybody living in fear, well, then it's all exaggerated. Just this week in the news, just this week in the news, they're talking about all these hospitalizations. Just this week in the news, it's all over the news. It finally comes out that if you go in for, uh, you know, anything, and they give you the test. And if you, have, if you test positive, they record the hospitalization as this virus. Yeah, I mean, you could be going in there to uh, get a broken arm set. But they give you the test. And now we know from about a month ago that that test can't even tell the difference between the common, from common, uh, from the flu, from common flu and this virus. You know, I read about a guy that died in a motorcycle accident, and then the, de the death certificate said COVID-19. I mean, it's, uh, you, they could have done this at any point in time in history on the flu. If you scare people and you do a bunch of overcounting, well, then you come up with a crisis. My point is, Pastor, you're hammering on this. Well, it's right in front of us. I said it's right, and it's an example of a believing man. You know, you ought to be a skeptic. Amen. You ought to put your critical thinking cap on. You ought to have a prove-it-to-me attitude. Even when you're sitting here in church. In other words, I should have scripture for what I'm telling you. And I should give you the reference, and you ought to be able to look it up and say to yourself, is that really what the Bible says? Not just believe me. I'm not, a, I'm not the Pope, you know. That's what, they've been, that's what they've been doing for 2,000 years. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the Pope. So you're just supposed to believe. No, 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 no. 
I've got a brain, and when I went to public school, they taught me how to read so I can read. And I need to know the reference, and I need to know if that's what the Bible says. I want to check it out for myself. What kind of world do we live in where they're, they're throwing doctors off Facebook, throwing doctors off Instagram, throwing a doctor, an MD, the guy, the guy or the gal went to school a long time. We're not talking about the, the manager down at 7-Eleven having a theory on medicine. We're talking, about, <laughs> we're talking about an MD, and they're practicing medicine, and they're helping this person and helping these people, and then they want to sh- share what has been successful. And they get banned. What kind, what, what, what is that about? Obviously, there's something nefarious going on. Uh, you know, somebody might say, well, you're a COVID denier. No, I'm a BS denier. In other words, if it's real, I remember the last thing came through was, what was that? Swine flu when Obama was president? It was nasty. We had a young man in the church got it. It was nasty. It took a while. It took, it took, it took a, a couple of weeks or so for that young man to get through that and over that and past that. It, it, was a, it was a bug. It was a nasty bug. But, you know, we didn't, like, lose our minds over it. And then in the midst of that, in the midst of that, what's coming out of your mouth? See, we, we ought not be conditioned to comment on our own lives by some ungodly guy making money off a crisis. We shouldn't be getting our information from that. We ought to be getting our information from what God has said. And now we got preachers that on this. Preachers, preachers, talking about if, what would Jesus do? Well, he, he would, you know, do all this. No, he wouldn't. Right. <laughs> it's just fear. It's just fear. Tell your neighbor, it's just fear. It's just fear. It's just fear. Yeah, but you know, what if? Well, you haven't, you haven't gone to Matthew 6.25. You haven't mastered, mastered Matthew 6. We're not supposed to worry. I mean, worry will kill you. We have a, a, we have a traveling RN, and her report back to Austin was that, she, you know, we all understand that it's not just obesity that is a problem here. It's all the related things, hypertension, uh, diabetes, uh, high blood pressure, various things related to that. But she, her report is that the second biggest comorbidity, in her opinion, is fear. A policeman in the church sent Austin a, a link, a text, a relative of his in the hospital, and they tell a young man, every, every, people are dying of this left and right. You don't tell a young man fighting a, a problem in a hospital bed, people are dying of something left and right. You tell a young man, you're young, you, you know, you, you got the edge here. I'm a preacher of faith. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Matthew 6.25 says, take no thought for your life. 
When, when I was a young man, when I was a young man, we would sit in a great church and we would hear evangelists and missionaries thunder from the pulpit the call of God and to give your life to God and to go into the highways and the byways and to travel the earth and, and to win the world for Jesus. That's my generation. This generation is hide mommy's basement. I remember sitting in a place in Kikuyu land and having lunch after preaching on Sunday and there was stuff on the plate moving. We just believe God. You know, try not to offend him. I mean, generally speaking, I like my stuff not moving when I eat it. Do you, you understand my perspective? So I'm not going to be afraid of something. That's ridiculous. I'm not going to live my life in fear. Say it out loud. I'm not going to live my life in fear. What kind of life is it if you live your life in fear? Because people took man at his word. It's all because people took man at his word. And people took action on man's words. And many of those fear-filled, panic-stricken people who took man at his word and took action on man's words were Christians. Psalm 91.10, No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Say it out loud. No plague, no plague shall, come shall come nigh my dwelling. And all Father God really wants for us to do is to walk in faith with him and take him at his word. That's really all he wants. But I've been preaching 48 plus years now. And I mean, this is it. This is it, man. And I've just gotten acclimated to it. But that doesn't mean it ought to be. It doesn't matter what I teach on. Oh, I can't do that. I don't believe that. My wife told me I don't have to do that. I wouldn't taught that. I mean, it's been the same thing over 48 years. Doesn't matter what I talk about. Husbands love your wife. Have you seen her? Uh, wives respect your husbands. But I, mean, I can't respect him. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter what we talk about from the word of God. It's I can't. I don't believe that. I wasn't taught that. But then along comes somebody that's not saved, doesn't have their best interest at heart, is making money on the panic, and people believe him and take action on what he's saying. And God's watching. According, remember what his son said, according to your faith, will it be done unto you? So who are you having faith in? <laughs> who are you having faith in? Take God at his word based only upon God's written word and God's spoken word to you that lines up with God's written word. Take him at his word and act as though what God is saying to you is true. Just do it. Just take action on it. And also while you're doing that, remember, keep in mind, you're not alone. You're not on your own. You have a comforter. 
God gave you the Holy Spirit of God to lead you and to guide you into all truth. I, I, am, a, I am just amazed if you're a child of God and you're born again and you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you ought not be gullible. There ought to be something on the inside of you that tells you. I mean, it doesn't happen a lot, but there have been times soon I've got up and left the car dealership because something in here said, leave. Romans 8, 11, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. He'll quicken your mortal body. Amen. See, we're, we're supposed to be in the ministry. We're supposed to be, and, and not just the professional ministers, the body of Christ. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. In my name they shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. How are you going to do that if you're afraid? This is nothing new to me. You know, back before they even knew what AIDS was, somebody uh, back up at I-30, wanted me to go pray for a friend of theirs that was in a hospital over here in Fort Worth. And I went, and, and nobody knew exactly what that was. That was very, very early in the days of AIDS, and people didn't know what it was. But I get to the hospital, and there must have been 10 warning signs on that door. Do not enter. You know, all these warnings, all various medical warnings. I, I just walked right in. And the guy's in a tent, an oxygen tent. And then there's, there's signs there, you know, don't, don't touch him, uh, don't open the, the tent and all this stuff. I just, you know, I was young. But I believe God. I just slid my hand inside the tent, took hold of his hand. I said, you want me to pray? I mean, he's on his way out. You want me to pray? What kind of punk would I be? The guy's on his way out. We can't do the works of Jesus in fear. I said we can't do the works of Jesus in fear. Now we're, we have to be wise as serpents. We went way out somewhere to preach on a Sunday morning, and they, they told me that, you know, they'd be doing a baptism after, and so, oh my gosh, what a day that was. I was never so glad to get back to Nairobi, but... You know, so I preach, and then they do dinner on the grounds, and then we all march out to the river, and the, we're baptizing 12, 15 people, and we get down to the water, and the, the Bible school student, that was his hometown, Bible school student that, you know, took us out there that day. He said, he said uh, you know, I don't remember what they called me, Brother Gene, uh, do you want to pray or do you want me to pray? So pray about what? You know, in my mind, we're just going to baptize, you know, I mean, I'm tired. I preached, did dinner on the grounds, you know, and now I'm going to baptize these people. And then I got about an hour, an hour and a half drive back to Nairobi. So you want to pray? What are we going to pray about? Well, the crocs and the snakes. I said, I'll pray. <laughs> I'm not going to let some Bible school student pray. We're talking about crocs and snakes. I'll pray. I'll do the praying here. Do you understand? And, and I, 
I didn't rush, but I did not waste any time. <laughs> Sue is there. She can tell you. It's all true. So the Holy Spirit is in there in your life right now to help you, to cooperate with you. You're not alone. Tell your neighbor, you're not alone. And you are to cooperate with him. The Holy Spirit can open the word of God to you and reveal your rights in Christ to you. Even when you read the Bible, you're not alone. And, and don't, be don't, be, don't let the words, I'm confused or I don't understand this, come out of your mouth. Don't ever. Some all told me, never confess you're old, never confess you're tired, never confess you're confused. You, you know, the young people are upstairs, but if, if you're in school taking a test, don't sit there and say, oh, I don't understand this. If you don't know what else to say, say, thank you, Father God, I got the mind of Christ, the wisdom of God in operating in me. Romans 8, 26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. So let him, the Holy Spirit, lead you into an effective prayer life. It doesn't happen every day, but a lot of days, it's amazing. I'll be praying about this, and he'll talk to me about this. Or I'll be praying about this, and he gives me an idea. A lot of times... I don't like to stop praying when I'm praying because if I start and stop and start and stop, it just takes longer. But a lot of times when I come back around that lap, I'll, I'll go in the house and I'll make notes because I don't want to let go of some things he's telling me. So let him help you. There have been times praying that the Lord's just given me answers. I mean, I'm not praying about what to do about a personnel situation or what to do about a, a troublesome person, you know, here at Faith Christian Center. I, I, I don't spend my prayer time doing that. But a lot of times I'll be praying about something on my list and he'll just, he'll just show me what to do. I'll see it. It's like, a, it's, like a, it's like a video clip of me doing this or me doing that. The Lord will show it to me. And then when I take action on that, it's successful. Are you hearing me? You're not alone. But you need to let him help you. You need to let him help you. He's always there to teach you. He's always there to lead you beside the still waters. He's always there to lead you into the green pastures. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine, mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's perspective. We used to sing that as a scripture chorus at Bethesda Missionary Temple. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not going under. I'm not, I'm not doing without. I'm not suffering. I'm not, I'm not going to catch something and die. No, no, no. He prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Amen. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. 
He leads me into the green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He leads me. He guides me. He shows me what to do. He shows me what to say. He shows me what action to take. And when I follow that leading of the Holy Spirit, he leads me into success. He doesn't lead me into failure. I had his attention. So I told him the story at lunch. Ken Hagen, I told him the story at lunch. And uh, when, we, when we got to the house, uh, I, I keep it in an envelope in my desk, and I got the envelope out and, and tore the seal, and I showed him the check. I said, see this? Uh, February 23rd, 1993, your dad was teaching on days of heaven upon the earth. And I said, we're sitting in the restaurant at the Marriott uh, after church and I said John and Dodie Osteen walked in and Aretha Hagen walked in and your dad walked in and I said I looked at Sue and Sue looked at me I said we had never been taught this no one had ever taught us this we had never even heard about this and Sue looked at me and I looked at her I said go ahead she wrote out a check for $2,500 wrote on there Kenneth and Aretha Hagen wrote on the bottom left in the notation area she wrote days of heaven upon the earth because that's what he was teaching on. That's what he was teaching on. And $2,500 is probably everything nearly that was in that account. We didn't have anything. Days of heaven upon the earth, February 23rd, 1983. And eight months later, we were millionaires. Amen. Oh, I wish Satan hadn't told us, you know, get thee behind me, Satan, you know, Want to give my money away? <laughs> what kind of double, dumb, stupid man would I be? Amen. Oh, so you thought it was Satan blessing us. Satan's not going to lead you beside the still waters. Satan, Satan will lead you to the drug dealer. Satan will lead you to the, to the, to the loan shark. Satan will lead you into gambling. Satan's not going to lead you into the still beside the still waters. Satan's not going to lead you into the green pastures. So I told Ken Jr., I said, your old man had it. He had it. He had it. See? And then I showed him, you know, I mean, I got a stack. You know, every time I saw the man, I gave him $1,000. Satan would lie to me in those days, say, you, you don't want to go to that meeting. That's going to cost you money. Satan, you're so stupid. Who, who's, in, who's in heaven and gets thrown out? Amen. That's right. Amen. Now, it won't work like that every time. And you can't make that up in your head. That was a moment. That was a moment. Hear me now. That was a moment. That's why, that's why when you miss the leading of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't work to go, try and go back and fix it. There are moments. And that's why, and he's hot on this, or Lynette did one of the two, that we needed to discipline ourselves to be quick to obey. Because it doesn't work to, to realize later, well, I wonder, I wonder what would have happened if I'd obeyed God. I, I have just decided I'm not going to live my life like that. I'm going to obey God and see what happens. I said, I'm going to obey God and see what happens. And he's, he's not bankrupting us. He's not coming to us every day telling us to give everything. He, he, you know, people act like God's crazy. 
that he's going to try and wreck you or bankrupt you. No, no, no. He's going to lead you beside the still waters. He's going to lead you into the green pastures. But how can he do that if you're a donkey? How can he do that if you can't be herded, you know? If you act like a cat. You ever try and tell a cat to come or go or do anything? You know, they just do what they want to do. And a lot of God's people are like that. You can't tell them anything. Silly me. I got a, a, a postcard. I forgot what year that was. That was back in the 90s. There was a fabulous hotel that had been built in Hawaii and on Maui. And the contractor finished up early so they didn't have any reservations. I get this postcard in the mail, two for one, because we're opening earlier than we thought we could. And so silly me, you know, I line up a vacation for us and for my mom. And well, you know, she said, well, she was she couldn't go something came up whatever we come back into the well we come back to the 48 find out well she'd run she'd run off and married some guy from high school you know here's a news flash anybody you knew in high school they're old now <laughs> and uh, so she pestered me she pestered me for weeks because you know this guy had lived with a bunch of women he had children by who knows how many women he'd been married how many times and she just bugged me and bugged me and bugged this is this this is church work well it was okay to marry him don't you think well, don't you think don't you think call me don't you think i mean it was okay don't you think and she just wore me down and finally i said no you married a sinner it's prohibited and that was a great thing to tell her because I didn't hear from her for about two weeks. So, you know, I, I had about two weeks of peace. But that's what people do. They do what they're going to do. Then they want to come and, and they want you to endorse what they did. And the reason they do that is because they have, if they, if they, if they made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of their life, they got the Holy Spirit operating him inside of them. And something's like scratching at the chalkboard and they know something's amiss, but they want to come to you and get you to tell them what they did is okay. No, the Bible says. That's why the whole Metroplex isn't here tonight, because Pastor Gene has stood here for 37 and a half years and says, the Bible says. Well, I don't want to hear that. But he's trying to help you. You know, I know, even the devil knows that before she did that, the, there was the Holy Spirit, you know, t talking to her, trying to help her, you know. But people, man, they just do what they're going to do. And I mean, he was trouble, 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 until one day at breakfast at some restaurant somewhere, Sue had worn a mink coat. It was cold. And man, he made some nasty comments to my wife, and it was like a phrase out of a B.B. King song. He said to my wife, something about something bad could happen to you, like a veiled threat. And we're walking to our car. And I don't remember which of us said it first. It was either Sue or me. I don't remember who said it first. But one of us said, he's a dead man. And the other one said, he's a dead man. And within weeks, he was in eternity. You don't threaten us. And then she was free. 
and talk about the blessing of the Lord. They had some mailer in, they had some something come in the mail, J.C. Penny, and for like ten dollars, eleven dollars a month, you could get a fifty thousand dollar life insurance policy with a double indemnity clause if somebody died in an accident. So my my mom made a hundred grand off the deal. <laughs> talk about the bless. Tell your neighbor that's the blessing of the Lord. Make a hundred grand off a bad marriage decision. <laughs> Say it again. That's the blessing of the Lord. Now, don't you go try and do that. Because that, that's, that's a once in a lifetime story. It won't happen again, not in a lifetime. Amen? Amen. Say it, tell your neighbor, be a doer of the word of God. Tell your other neighbor, take God at his word. Don't take man at his word. Take God at his word. Tell the first neighbor, don't take action on man's word. Take action on God's word. And then even whatever, whatever even I'm saying to you or Pastor Sue or Austin, check it out in the word of God. If you can't find it in the word of God, then just, you know, say, well, praise God, you know, and, and just let it go. But if you, if you hear us and you can find it in the Word of God, it is your Word. It is your rhema. It is God speaking to you. Probably the reason the Lord leads the way He does, probably there's somebody here tonight and you're thinking about marrying a sinner. And that's why the Lord brought that to my recollection. You have your answer. Yeah, but I'm going to get a life insurance policy on them, Pastor. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Say it out loud. I got the greater one living inside of me. 1 John 4, 4, year of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the language of God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Say it out loud. Greater is he, Greater is he that, is that is in me than he, than he that, is in the world. that is in the world. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817 561 3400 or send an email to info at Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.